0: Hello, and welcome to the End Stage Renal Disease Treatment Choices Learning Collaborative, or ETCLC, podcast series. In these episodes, we'll hear from transplant, donation, and organ procurement organization professionals as they share their experiences, data proven interventions, and lessons learned as we collectively strive toward our national aims for more kidneys transplanted and fewer kidneys discarded.
1: So here's the first question. So this question goes to all of you, uh, Stephen, Kenny, Michael, uh, Bobby, uh, across the board. The question, this question was submitted by an ICU director at a safety net county hospital. And the question says, I find the most stressful situation are those where a patient is a candidate for DCD. They are first person authorized and the family is unaware and forcefully and emotionally objects to donation very quickly. And it's often due to an expressed prior bad experience. These circumstances are difficult for our hospital staff to watch and can alienate staff from supporting donation. Our staff generally supports donation, but situations like these can impact that that support cases go smoothly. Do you have suggestions on how to manage this? i thought that was a full question um i think a lot of people are dealing with that situation um mr boy can i start with you if you don't mind taking a stab at that and i'd love to get the others to chime in
2: i will um and really quick before i get started let me start off with my first joke there's a lot of pressure because someone that i respect in this community miss gwen O'Shaughnessy, is over there so she can chime in and add to my uh work around hospital services and how it contributes to authorization. I think the first thing is situational awareness. A lot of times in the OPO, we do donation every day and we assume all of our partners do donation every day. But even in our busiest hospitals, it's not what they do every day. So in response to this question, from an LPO standpoint, is first accepting that donation is a complex but infrequent process and that we need to approach every donation, regardless of whether it's our largest hospital or our community hospital, as is their first donation situation, which means our communication is at the highest level. The other part of that situational awareness is you know we need to understand that withdrawal of process is stressful for the hospital and the unit take away donation right they're coaching a family through a scenario a lot of times with the person who's younger might not have been prepared to go through all those stages of preparing to withdraw support and having to withdraw support and the staff and and the care providers are feeling that that's dcd The next is first person authorization, Um, you know, for a black family who already has mistrust. A lot of times our donor designations are our statement because we know how the rest of our family feels, but in the family who's dealing with, and this is where Steven and, and, and Mike and Bobby can chime in. When we're dealing with families in an end of life scenario and donation is an option, um making that decision provides control fpa is just another time where control has been taken they haven't been able to control what happened to their loved one? They haven't been able to control the care for the most part, and they couldn't control the outcome, and now they're unable to control even decision-making because FPA is there. So situational awareness means understanding that so that your messaging is, is there. Um, from a hospital standpoint, it's just optimal communication. And Infinite and, and Legacy, we have a best practice, and I know a lot of my colleagues do, with huddling. The moment you get to the hospital, you're bringing everyone together who's involved and talking about the process, showing them the pathway towards donation. We need to communicate this, and when we talk to the family, we're going to tell them this, and this is what, and ensuring what everyone under should everyone understands what that donor designation means and how we can collaborate to honor the wishes. And that's words matter, right? Because we're not taking anything. We're honoring the known wish of the donor when there's an FPA. So you've got to make sure everyone is processing this from the right perspective and not to be afraid to correct people's misperception, right? Words matter. So one person says they're here to take. No, we're here to honor the wish of this person who had taken the time to designate it on their driver's license. And you can talk uh, with more deliberate with our hospital partners in these huddles to make sure everyone's operating in the same frame. Um, The other part is, you know, respect again that the staff is dealing with this loss. And last, when we talked about the staff difficulties, I think that comes to debriefings. Never miss a chance to learn from the last case, and even if there's not something obvious, just the next day as an OPL coming back and say, "We had a DCD case with a first person authorization, and how did it go?" And tell me how it went, and if it becomes stressful because there's a family conflict, you know, several of our hospitals we brought in our ethics teams. One of our hospitals has a moral com- uh, moral crisis response team that's a debrief for the unit. Uh, and it, it allows it to be very factually based and it includes the hospital um, who made statements about what our legal obligations were around FPA to balance out how people's personal feelings are. But it's an all encompassing approach where you're very deliberate from the moment you start in terms of your communication all the way to the end with your follow up.
1: So thank you very much for for walking us through that process and and you mentioned several critical key cre- you know key things here. Um let me see if anybody else wants to add to this before we kind of summarize. Um any others would like to respond to to what Bobby had to share or Kenny had to share sorry.
3: If, if I can just add a little piece um Kenny um that was very well uh, put together. And I think also, we always have to add in there, you know, it goes back to when we did a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the importance of education of the hospital staff mm-hmm. and uh, uh, how important that is. And so when we when we find yourself in a situation like this, when there's objections because of something that may have happened in the past, there's a, a, a bigger bigger piece of the puzzle. Not only, you know, you have the hospital there who's supposed to, uh, to take care of families and you have the OPO coming. We're talking about something different, but that big component is that trust issue. And I think of building that trust with their community partners as well, prior to families being placed in these situations and building that trust, not just only with that family, but with your community that we are here to serve you. Yep. not then and that's very important when you talk about donation transplantation it's a it's a trust factor is that hospital staff and opo's have to build that trust with communities because we're here to help you not take anything away we're here to help you
4: i really like what you were saying bobby about helping and i really like kenny what you stated around honoring um so I think one thing that's really important to say and acknowledge, you know, one of the things we like we like to say, we like to normalize things and we, we like to acknowledge acknowledge the elephant in the room. But these are stressful situations for our teams too, right? Uh, I just want to be very clear that uh, these are highly elevated emotional times for our teams too. Um, so going back to the last conversation in August, we spoke briefly about being really good at what we can control, being focusing on what we can control. So a lot of these situations can be circumvented around managing the expectations of a timely conversation. Uh, Within my realm of working with Tennessee, New Mexico, and Sacramento, um, we have been embarking and training our entire organizations around uh, being able to assess the ability for um, a donation conversation. And one of the things we learned is that not only did our internally, we as organizations, we didn't really understand What are the true components of family readiness for a donation conversation? But our hospitals did not eat. And so we embarked in a full commitment to, number one, having our teams trained and the proper ability to assess family readiness for a donation discussion. Not just family care coordinators, but our hospital development teams, our organ recovery teams, and our referral specialist teams who go on site and triage and complete the initial organ referral. But we also notice there's a gap in families understanding. Well, you're here all the time. You're here early. And so that word early is really powerful. And a lot of these registry opposition situations, had we known about it the day before when family was planning funeral homes, when 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 grandma's flying in, you know, when when they're truly the actions are demonstrating a potential withdrawal, um, could we have gotten on site soon? So going back to being experts at what we can control, dispatch, dispatch triaging and making sure that we recognize the the behaviors of potential family readiness discussion and getting people on site soon.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the ETCLC podcast series. We encourage you to steal shamelessly, as we say, any recommendations and best practices shared by the presenters and their organizations. We encourage you to listen to our other podcasts that help support and improve your transplant work. Also visit our LinkedIn page, ETCLC. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at ETCLC1, and check out our YouTube channel for more resources available at ESRD-ETCLC.